when I was first writing, I, I remember telling my publisher, okay, terrorism, got it. You know, let me do the terrorism thing. But I want to expand this. I, I don't want to sit here and do terrorism. In fact, for end of days, it's kind of a police procedural. I mean, there's a serial killer involved. He's the guy running around doing all the bad stuff. An excerpt from today's guest, speaking about his latest novel. New York Times bestselling author Brad Taylor is here, and I'll speak with him about End of Days right after this break. I'm Robert Child, and this is Point of the Spirit. March 25th is National Medal of Honor Day, and my new book, Immortal Valor, about the Black Medal of Honor recipients of World War II, is out now. The book chronicles these immortal heroes' life journeys through all the pain and struggle up until their ultimate triumph. I hope you check out Immortal Valor, which is on sale now as we celebrate all Medal of Honor recipients on March 25th. Welcome back. Today's guest was born in Okinawa, Japan, but grew up in Texas. He served for 21 years in the military, retiring as a Special Forces Lieutenant Colonel. He began writing military thrillers in 2011. His latest book is called End of Days, the 16th in his Pike Logan series, and author Brad Taylor joins us now. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're honored, sir. You served as an officer in Special Forces. What was the transition like from being an officer to a military thriller author? Uh, that whole thing was kind of weird because uh, I've, I've always been a voracious reader. I always had in the back of my mind I was going to write a book. And uh, I was serving in a special mission unit at Fort Bragg, deployed constantly. And I came down to Charleston to teach at the uh, Citadel, the military college here, just as a break. And I mean, that break was extreme. I, it was like stepping off a bullet train and low crawling. And so I told my wife one day, you know, hey, I'm going to write a book. And she said, you know, whatever, <laughs> go ahead and write a book. And uh, then the book sold. I, I came out in the promotion list for Colonel. Um, my daughter was entering high school. My wife had gone to four high schools in four years because her dad was in the military. Uh, my next assignment was two years unaccompanied to Southwest Asia. Uh, and I had to make some decisions. And um I decided to turn down the promotion and uh, retire from the military and give writing a try. And how many years ago was that? That was in 2011. Oh, 2011. Were you surprised that the book took off? Yeah, I was. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I thought the book would sit on the bedside table and my mom would say, that's a really good book. You know, my <laughs> wife would read it and say, this thing is kind of horrible, but I'll tell him it's good, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is my 16th Pike Logan book, and uh, I didn't think I'd have one book published, much less 16. Yeah, you never know. And that's the yeah. story of, you know, of life. With this 16th book, I noted you worked COVID-19 pandemic into the storyline. Do you often incorporate real world elements into the books? Oh, absolutely. Uh, every book is, it's the problem with writing about current events is that they're, they're current. And the big question I had on, on uh, so my last book, American Trader, I always want to get on the ground and do book research, uh, sight, sound, smells of the battlefield, like we used to say. Um, and so I went to Taipei, to um, uh, Australia, and then I came home to write the book and we got locked in by COVID. I was just like, now what do I do? Because I had a picture of my wife on the back of the uh, Shinlin Night Market and there was a thousand people there. 
And uh, now there's nobody. And so I punted and said, I'm going to set this in January, 2020. I'm not going to uh, do COVID in that book, my last book. And then I had to write a new book. And the new book was, uh, okay, we're still locked in. What mm. do I do? <laughs> Am I going to put this thing in a book? And so that was a hard choice, but I, I was like, okay, you know, that's current. That's what's happening. And it's not a book about COVID. It's, it's just something else the task force has to deal with. They've, they've got to deal with the weather. They've got to deal with flight plans. They've got to deal with the, the enemy target. And now they have to deal with COVID. For people reading years, you know, years from now, they'll look, it'll be almost a window back on, that, on this time uh, for people looking back yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah, my biggest fear was that, uh, uh, I mean, I hate to say it's a fear when I was writing, because you're right, you know, eight months ago is when I'm writing this book. And I was like, well, if COVID's gone in January when the book's released, who wants to read about that? I mean, nobody does. So I'm like, do I include it or just act like it doesn't exist? And uh, when I was writing the book, I looked at all the variants that were coming out of Africa and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, nah, this thing's going to be around a while. You might as well include it. Yeah. From your time in the special forces, having a high security clearance, are there things that you know, you know, having that clearance? Yeah. Are you able to share things in the book or does it have to be vetted or cleared? No, it doesn't. uh, I mean, technically it doesn't because uh, uh, if if I was to write anything about, uh, well, first of all, every organization has their own non-disclosure stuff. So the CIA has theirs, State Department has theirs, the Justice Department, FBI has theirs, and Department of Defense has theirs. And for the Department of Defense, if I were to write anything about uh, my own life or even things I knew about. So if I was going to write something about the battle in Syria uh, against ISIS, even though I've never been to Syria, uh, but I have a wealth of knowledge of what would go on there, uh, that has to be cleared because it's nonfiction. But fiction in and of itself does not. And uh, I kind of agree with that because, you know, at the end of the day, where do you draw the line? So if I was going to write a police procedural in New York City, does that have to be cleared? I mean, I've never been a cop. (laughs) Why does that have to be cleared? If I was going to write a special operations story on the planet Tatooine in the year 3036, (laughs) would that have to be cleared? No, I am special operations, but that's something completely different. So it's a really hard line to figure out, you know, okay, what needs to be looked at here? Having said that, um, they, after No Easy Day came out, um, he didn't get his book cleared. And that's a nonfiction book about the killing of bin Laden. Mm-hmm. And um, SOCOM lost their mind. I mean, if you wrote a gardening book, you were going to get investigated. Yeah. And uh, I did get investigated and spent a lot of time in a skiff uh, talking to people about my books. And they were all cleared. Every one of them was like, okay, he's said nothing wrong. So, Yeah, that is a controversy. That's for sure. That's well, the hardest it. thing is that you, you, when you start, there's only so many ways to skin the cat. So when I first started writing, so classification is basically three things. There's uh, locations, there's uh, operations, and there's capability. So locations are easy. I don't put any classified locations in the books. Operations are easy. I'm making my stuff out of my own head. There's, yeah. no, there's no classified stuff on that. Capabilities, on the other hand, is a little different because I do know how things work and I do know where uh, how we would do this. And so I 
obviously didn't put those in the books. In fact, there's a few books, you know, I have some scenes where terrorist X is talking to terrorist Y and uh, he's using this communication method because the NSA can't track it. And I knew for a fact they could. Yeah. So if you want to read my book and use those methods, go ahead. <laughs> but I had to uh, um, design things that uh, technology is only so big. And I knew that this would work. I, I can't use what we actually use, but I'll mm -hmm. invent this thing that we're going to use because That's it's a task force and money is no object. And so I'd invent something. And um, I was on a security contract one time and talking to a guy in a pickup truck. And uh, I was talking about this thing I'd invented and he pulled it out of his pocket, pulled the widget out and wow. said, this thing is real. And I was like, oh no, don't tell me that. Cause I've been out of the unit for, you know, years at that point. Yeah. And um, so I had to take it out of the book. Yeah. You just had a premonition that that might be invented. Well, there's just only so many ways. I mean, technology goes so fast. Uh, there's only so many ways you can skin the cat. I mean, I could penetrate. The thing that I want to do in each book is not do the same old, same old, right. uh, which um, like if you see a gunfight, everybody pulls a pistol out and shoots each other. People expect that. Well, if you're going to go find the terrorist, they get sick of hearing about the smartphone. But I'll tell you what, that smartphone is the way I'm going to find you. Yep. That's it. And that's, that's pretty much true to life. Absolutely. Well, I, so I have, I have to actually, uh, um, I get really creative. So for Christmas, I got a uh, iRoomba vacuum. Mm -hmm. And so the iRoomba runs around the floor and it's clean. And it takes about uh, um, four hours the first time. It's bumping into all the furniture and all this kind of stuff. And it's learning. It's got artificial intelligence. It's learning the floor plan. So the next time it vacuums, it's got, uh, it takes two hours. Eventually it takes 30 minutes. And then it's going to load my floor plan up to the cloud. So the cloud will now know my floor plan and, and it can uh, do the vacuuming without any hesitation. I, of course, said, no, you're not yeah. loading that floor plan up to the cloud. But then I said, what in the world? If somebody had an iRoomba robot, I could hack that Wi-Fi network, figure out the floor plan, which is the golden egg for an assault team. I mean, we always hit houses. We, it was unknown floor plan. But if I knew where everything was, that would immeasurably enhance my ability to salt that house. And so I used it in a book. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Be here next time for military author Mark Liebman. And in the following episode, I speak with best-selling authors Andrews and Wilson on their latest W.E.B. Griffin thriller, Rogue Asset. Griffin, if you've read any of his stuff, he's very particular type of prose and his voice is very unique. And, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like Anders and Wilson. And we, we sort of said that to Tom, like, you know, you know, we don't write like him. He's like, oh, I know, I know. He's like, and here's my advice to you guys. I want you to just tell the best story that you can uh, and write it your way. Pay homage to the characters and the ethos and the canon of the Presidential Agent series. But do not, whatever you do, do not try to write like him because you will fail. That's next time. Next time you're on YouTube, check out our Point of the Spear YouTube channel. We've got bonus video material from podcasts plus tons of military history videos, including full-length documentaries. It's a great way to spend some time, and don't forget to subscribe while you're there. And click the bell icon so you'll be notified of all the great weekly videos we're uploading.
March 25th is National Medal of Honor Day, and my new book, Immortal Valor, about the Black Medal of Honor recipients of World War II, is out now. The book chronicles these immortal heroes' life journeys through all the pain and struggle up until their ultimate triumph. I hope you check out Immortal Valor, which is on sale now as we celebrate all Medal of Honor recipients on March 25th. Now back to the conversation. I know there's a controversy right now with the IRS requiring the ID.me face recognition system because there's a fear of oh, yeah, I wouldn't privacy for that. No. Absolutely would not do that. You know, Delta Airlines also has the same thing. If you really want to speed up boarding on international flights, you, you can sign up for your facial recognition. I'm like, no, not doing that. Yeah. I don't have an iPhone, but my kids do. And uh, fingerprint, you know, open up function. I, I always caution them. I said, that's, that's not good. Yeah, well, I actually, I do do that. I, in fact, I'm talking to you on a MacBook with a fingerprint ID system. And um, I did a lot of research on that. And it doesn't go anywhere but inside the phone, or in my case, inside my MacBook. It doesn't go to the cloud. If it did, I wouldn't do it. But it's, uh, um, I mean, my wife has, you know, an iPhone uh, 10, and she refuses to do the facial recognition thing on that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so convenient. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> and yeah. As long as it's not going anywhere, if it's staying in my phone, I'll do that. As long as you know, yeah, that it's not going to the cloud. This book is the 16th with the Pike Logan character. Have you considered uh, launching a new series with a different set of characters? I have kicked that around a little bit. And um, honestly, no. I think that if I did that, I'd be writing, you know, instead of Pike Logan having brown hair, he'd have blonde hair. Instead of blue eyes, he'd have brown eyes. Uh, Jennifer Cahill, instead of being blonde, would be brown. And I'd be writing the same characters. I so I uh, had so far not done. I, I have thought about spinoffs because Aaron and Shoshana uh, are in this book and uh, they're Mossad operatives and, and they could do their own thing, you know, in a standalone book. And I've done standalone novellas with them. Um, but as far as a different uh, series, I, I, I think that I would just be rewriting the same thing. Did you model uh, Pike Logan after someone you knew, or is he a composite character? Yeah, I, I've served with a lot of Pike Logans, and sometimes I get emails and they say, um, you know, this would never happen in the real world, and I kind of like, well, it actually did happen in the real world. <laughs> I mean, I saw it. So... There, uh, the way I like to describe it is uh, there's probably uh, 1% in the world that could play on the PGA Tour. I mean, globally. Right. And um, there's Tiger Woods. And there's some guy who's 100th on the money list. And that guy on the 100th on the money list, nobody has ever heard of, unless you're, you know, a PGA aficionado. Um, I'm 100th on the money list. And Pike Logan is Tiger Woods. He exists. And I've served with him. Hmm. Good dude. Yeah, well, that's great to know. You mentioned novellas, and you've written the Task Force novellas. Was it difficult to adapt to writing a shorter thriller? Absolutely, it was. The uh, first time I started writing those, um, the story arc, my uh, publisher wanted me to write a novella, and uh, I said, this is a huge risk because they're going to sell it for, you know, a buck fifty or whatever. And their thought is this, this will get somebody to buy the book. My thought was if this novella is not good, they're not going to, they could have bought the bike, the book unseen. 
Now they're not going to buy the book at all because the novella is no good. Right. And so I devoted an enormous amount of time to making sure that story arc worked. And it's very hard to do in such a short time frame. Mm-hmm. You have to have the beginning, middle and end, you know, and, and it's got to be complete. And it was really hard to do. Well, then I kind of got into the groove where I was writing stuff um, because I wasn't sure uh, where the next book was going. And I, so I would just write a novella. And uh, for instance, Exit Fee, my last one, Amina from Daughter of War came out and I didn't know what I was going to do with her. I'm like, well, let me just whack out some words here and see. Well, 30,000 words later, I told my publisher, I got a 30,000 word novella here. Would you like to have it? <laughs> they said, yeah, by all means. So it's it's gotten easier uh, because I've used the novellas more as an expression of... Uh, trying to flesh out the characters I've created as opposed to trying to write something. I just end up writing it. I know some authors use it as sort of an introduction to, to a longer novel, but these sound like standalones, the task yeah, series. Yeah, they are. And I, there are some that, uh, um, spoiler alert, so I killed a task force member that everybody loved, and then I got a lot of hate mail. <laughs> um, and so I wrote, like, uh, The Recruit, I, it was just a tribute to him. That was the only reason I wrote it. Um, Exit Fee, like I said, was me trying to figure out what am I doing with Amina. Um, the Infiltrator f- fed right into where I was writing. There was one sentence where uh, Pike and Jennifer are talking about the marriage of uh, Aaron and Shoshana, and Pike says, that was a complete shit show. Pardon my French. Mm-hmm. And um, that stuck in my head. I was like, what would be so horrible about that? It was just one sentence. I wasn't trying to describe anything. And so then I wrote that. I was like, you know, I could expand that out and say what it was. And so I did. Your writing process. I mean, do you have a certain number of words you want to get to a day? I mean, what's what's your method to the madness? No. I learned, uh, uh, I've never had any instruction on writing. I, I, I mean, I don't have a writing degree. I don't, uh, um, my writing instruction has been reading. I'm a voracious mm-hmm. reader. And uh, I did the usual Google thing. I mean, if my first book, uh, One Rough Man, was a story of redemption. That's the whole point of the book. Um, if I'd have been a cop, Pike would have been a policeman. If I'd have been a priest, Jennifer would have been a nun. I happened to be a counter-terrorist commando so that's what pike became Mm. and that's the reason i wrote that book uh then i thought uh, well i mean you get your whole life to write your first book doesn't really matter i mean (laughs) the second book now you're on a deadline and so you better figure it out and so i uh googled you know how do you write and there was a lot of talk about you got to get x number of words out a day and all this and so i did that and i ended up hating them I mean, just despising them and deleting them. And so then I, I've learned to trust myself. I mean, my record, which I, if there's, I, I don't think there's any writer on the planet that can compete with this. If there are, I'd like to know who they are. So I was writing Operator Down and uh, I was late. And because it wasn't in my head yet. And I'm like, if you put something on the page that you don't like, it's, you're not going to, you're going to delete it. Right. Well, I ended up typing 8,000 words a day uh, for five days and uh, finished the book. And uh, I don't know how I I honestly to this day don't know how in the world I did that. 
But when I used to type a thousand words a day, just because it's the day, I uh, um, ended up deleting it. So now I trust myself to say, uh, I mean, people talk about writing as if, uh, uh, I mean, I'm always writing. So I'm writing when I'm walking the dog, I'm writing when I'm doing physical training, I'm writing when I'm in the shower. Mm -hmm. They equate writing to typing. When do you type? Yeah. Uh, and I've learned that uh, if it's not in my head, don't sit behind a computer because it's just a waste of time. I mean, every single book I get scared, like it's not coming, but it eventually <laughs> does. So, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm like, we're doomed. <laughs> but it'll eventually come. Yeah. Talking about deadlines, I have a book that just came out and last year when I was writing, they pushed the, the deadline up a month um, because of the shipping issues last fall. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to get the hardcover book out. So they said, well, we need to get it a month earlier. I'm like, oh. and this was an 86,000 word book. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. So you I know. had uh, for this book, End of Days, the uh, um, I was late on first time ever. I used to write two books a year, uh, which is you're not writing two books a year. I mean, I'm publicizing one book like I'm doing with you right now. I'm editing a second book and I'm writing a third book. Right. And um, I am doing book research and still doing security contracting and writing the novellas. And uh, it was just crushing. I was like, no moss. I, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Well, this book, people always say to me, you know, oh, you know, COVID is perfect for you. You're a writer. You can just sit in your house and write. And it was not good for me. I mean, I hated every minute of it. Yeah. And I had no inspiration. All I wanted to do, I mean, it just became lethargic. You know, I'm locked in by COVID. I'm sick of this. Right. And uh, it was hard to finish. And my publisher was like, we're going to have to push the publication date. And I said, no, I'm going to finish it. I take much less time on copy edits, editorial comments, all that kind of stuff. You always give me, you know, two months to finish this and I'll do it in three days. Let me finish the book. Keep the publication deadline. As far as the genre, where do you think... Um... You know, this is a military thriller. Where do you think the, the genre is headed in the future? Do you think there's, it's going to open up more or, or, or grow more? Or Where do you think it's Yeah, going? I think that um, when I first started writing, I'm uh, one of the few that, you know, has done what I've done. And now it, there's a lot of people writing from the military because of, you know, the war on terror and that kind of stuff. But I think that... Uh, as I look at it, I, uh, when I was first writing, I, I remember telling my publisher, okay, terrorism, got it. You know, let me do the terrorism thing, but I want to expand this. I, I don't want to sit here and do terrorism. In fact, for end of days, it's kind of a police procedural. I mean, there's a serial killer involved. He's the guy running around doing all the bad stuff. And I think that's what's going to happen that I think that there, there's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, differences and where you're going to go, the trajectory of the books are going to go. You'll still see the same stuff, you know, coming out, but right, readers, and I'm a reader first, that's what I do. I mean, I read. Right. And readers don't want to see the same thing every, every single time. And then part of the hardest part of write about a series is that, you know, Pike and Jennifer have to grow. There's got to be differences. There's got to be things that happen that, uh, I mean, if you go to college, you grow, you have kids, you grow, you get married, you grow. Uh, and that's the hardest part about writing a series. Uh, it's, I always look at the threat vectors and current events 
and I'll see something guaranteed. I, I, I still do security consulting and I get uh, feeds from all over the world. And uh, when I see a threat vector, I'm like, that would make a good story. And so I start writing. We want you to keep on writing as well. <laughs> <laughs> the book is called End of Days. Brad, thank you so very much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for joining me. Be here next time for military author Mark Liebman. And in the following episode, I speak with best-selling authors Andrews and Wilson on their latest W.E.B. Griffin thriller, Rogue Asset. Griffin, if you've read any of his stuff, he's very particular type of prose and his voice is very unique and uh you know it's not like it's not like Anders and Wilson and we we sort of said that time like you know you know we don't write like him he's like oh I know I know he's like and here's my advice to you guys I want you to just tell the best story that you can uh and write it your way pay homage to the characters and the ethos and the canon of the presidential agent series but do not whatever you do do not try to write like him because you will fail that's next time. And if you like what you hear, leave a review or a rating or just click the follow button. You can find me on Twitter, at Rob Child, where you can share your comments about the show. I'm Robert Child, and this has been Point of the Spirit. Music licensed from audioblocks.com. Point of the Spear is produced by RSC Media Group.